1: Welcome back, peeps, to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast with your preeps. You with your peeps. With oh, your no. peeps. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. This is, no, no. This oh, is like no.
2: this is the way to start it, Irene. Uh, with your oh, no. peeps, Irene and <laughs>
1: Katrina. What is up, girl, friend?
2: Hi, ma'am. Oh, you know, I'm I'm having a I'm having a, a rough day. I'm oh, not gonna lie. I
1: heard that Olive is not living her best life. Olive she is
2: not got no. into something. What happened? So okay, so I got these. <clears throat> you get these all the time, like sample boxes of like products or yeah. whatever. And I got a sample product box of these like dental chews that have xylitol in them. Okay. For and humans. So for dental humans, choose for humans, okay dental choose for humans, not for dogs. Although Olive obviously can't read and didn't give a shit. yeah. He was like, whatever. <laughs> So um, we I I opened the box and I had left it sitting on one of my dining room chairs and I woke up this morning and I'm like where's Olive like normally she's like down by my feet in my bed and she's not and I'm like what the heck and so I get up and I walk over into my dining room and there she is standing on the dining room table with there are literally wrappers like somebody oh, with opposable no. thumbs, like unwrapped the chews and they're like wrappers everywhere. Uh. Some of them are like chewed more than others. So I'm like trying to put the pieces together about like, uh. how many she probably consumed. They were the chocolate flavored ones. No. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm just like beside myself. It's so how 5 a.m. many do and, like, you think she ate? I estimate around seven to eight, seven to eight. And they're like, how big are they? they're like do you know like how you get those chews that are like calcium but they're like chocolatey chews yeah, like they're so decent are size they like
1: one one milligram like you know how you can get like the xylitol candy yeah they for- don't
2: have the they don't have the dosage of the xylitol on it that's the challenge too there's no dosage so are they on there than
1: what one of the little one gram ones uh, they could be. Yeah. So yeah. they might be like two grams or three grams. Like even yeah. for a human, 40 grams for an adult human is like the max dose that you should consume in a day. Cause it's a laxative.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. no. Little muffin. So now what? So, well, so I, okay. So for anybody who's listening, who needs to like, uh, who wants to know what this process is like, um, She's small. She's an Italian greyhound chihuahua mix. So, I mean, she's just like little she's anyways, so cute. And like, but she's the sweetest angel ever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what am I going to do? So I'm monitoring her. I'm watching her. Like she's not acting weird. Like she definitely looks like she got caught in the act. Like she's doing that. Like, oh no. I got in trouble for doing something, but she wasn't acting weird. Usually you're watching for toxicity signs, like hyperactivity, vomiting, bile, like something. And none of that was happening. But of course I'm like, I'm not taking any chances. And I was delivering a program. Um, I just hopped off the mic, delivering a program. I know you just hopped off, um, you know, uh, doing your own work too. Um, So I'm like, I I can't be like distracted while I'm delivering content on anesthesia and like watching to see if she's going to be like vomiting everywhere. And so I'm like, I just, I'm going to take her in. So I have an emergency vet. I called them and they said, the first step in this process is you have to call the ASPCA Poison Control Center. Really? hmm And you have to report that to Poison Control. And they look at, like, I told them the name of, like, the brand yeah, yeah, yeah. and how many. And they looked it up and they said, that it, yes, there's xylitol, but there's also, like, sorbitol and mannitol. And so they're, like, concerned about, like, her blood glucose and, like, this could create some liver problems. Her liver could start shutting down. She could have um, coagulation issues with vitamin K. And so they're like, this is an absolute emergency. Like you need to get her immediately to the emergency vet. Um, they need to actively monitor her and this and that. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So of course, like I like throw on yoga pants and like put my hair in a gross ponytail and I like fly to the vet. You can't go in because of COVID. So Olive and I are like sitting there in my car and I'm like filling out the new patient paperwork on my (laughs) phone like this is not a cute look for me. It's like five in the morning, you know, and, um, so she's been in there. I just got off the phone with a vet. Um, she's been there all day. She's fine. Um, okay. they said she did vomit a little bit, and it was like obviously like chocolate and then like foil pieces in it, oh, so, like no. obviously she had consumed quite a bit. um, but they said, like her blood you know, readings are okay. She's eating, like they're feeding her food. she's eating. She's not acting hyper at all. Her eyes are clear her tissue, like she's, she's like healthy pink. So they're like, she's doing okay. And in fact, they said everybody at the vet clinic loves her. And so she hasn't really been in her cage. Like they've just been uh, trading off carrying her around or letting her sit on somebody's lap at the front desk. So I'm like, Oh my girl. And they're like, she's literally the best thing ever. Like we love her. And she's like, she's doing fine. Like she's scared, but she's fine. And this is the other, like kind of sad thing too. Um, her best friend is my dog, Huey. My little chihuahua dachshund mix. And Huey is like beside himself. Like he's, he's looking like, for her everywhere. Go? Yeah. He's like so distraught right now. He's so sad. So it's like, oh. So, so are you going to go just, pick
1: her up now and bring her
2: home? No, they they need to actively monitor her for minimum um 36 hours. What? So she'll be there overnight. Um, And maybe, maybe tomorrow evening I'll be able to pick her up. I don't know. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, it's quite a production, but they want to, they want to continue to monitor her and they're, they're really concerned about her, her safety, well, her blood. She's so small. So. Yeah. Yeah. She's so small. So lessons Aww. learned, like, yeah. you know, and, and I will say Amber Auger messaged me because her dog Margot got into some, um, dental uh, Profi paste no way that had xylitol in it this happened a few months ago and so she went through the same thing and you know and of course we're concerned about the toxicity of xylitol but just a reminder to everybody listening to this like check like what's in your bags in your purses like xylitol gum that's like in your purse or whatever if dogs can get into it like save yourself the ridiculous vet bill because all of us staying what is this (laughs) gonna cost It's it's it'll be well over two thousand dollars for her twenty four
1: hours. Does insurance cover uh, this? Like,
2: no, no, not not that this type of no. So she's gonna have a nice little resort stay um, (laughs) and (laughs) get some nice uh, care while she's there. And I love this journey for her. So I don't love this journey for
0: her or for you. Sorry.
2: Mm, Thank you. So, but it's kind of funny because I was telling you. I was I did a program today and I did a program yesterday and yesterday when I was delivering the program your name came up.
1: Oh yeah, you were telling me something. You were you had another story yeah. to share with me. What happened? Oh no. Yeah. Oh no, what
2: was said? So, <laughs> no, 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 it's not bad. It's not bad, but it was really funny because um so I I people have been a lot of study clubs have been hiring me to do anesthesia Programs lately. I did one yesterday. I did one today. I'm doing one next week. I'm doing one in a, a few weeks after that. Like I don't know. It just seems like everybody's into anesthesia lately. So I delivered this program yesterday, and you know people can like write in the Q and A box or whatever. So somebody wrote in the 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 in the Q and A box. Somebody posted saying um, Irene Ainaku doesn't use local anesthesia for scaling and root planning. Why is that? Oh. I know, and I was like, "Oh," and so I was like, "Oh my gosh!" First of all, did I they love know that you, you knew me? What, they didn't. They just oh. like, yeah. So I was so like, "Why would okay. they assume that you knew who I was?" If well, people just know your name. That's you know what so I mean? It's weird. like saying like, "Oh, like Tim Donnelly or Tom Viola or what." You know what I mean? Like people know your name. Who are those so people? I'm just <laughs> kidding. She was like, I know. <laughs> what? They're like Irene, I'm not Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh." um so I said, actually, I know Irene, she's my dental bestie. We have a podcast together. Please check us out at toothordare.podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I did the whole shebangling. Mm-hmm. And this is what I said. I don't know if it's right or not, but this is what I said. I said, um, you practice in a prov- province where you can't do anesthesia. So I can't, but the doctor can. The doctor can. And so I said, you know, I, I think, you know, that first of all, that's, that's a part of the the limitation and, but you're, are you able to deliver topical? Like, can you do non-injectable yeah. anesthesia? I just yeah. don't
1: always need it. I feel right. like, and that's what I said. I like, like you just, there's just this, uh, what's the word? This standardization and like we love protocols in dentistry, like everything is so protocol related, like when right. this happens, if this, then that yeah, yeah, you must do that. And then like scaling and root planning is very much that. And I remember that was the protocol when I worked in a perio practice is all scaling and root planning procedures were done under local anesthetic. There was no like, how will that happen? Do we need to do that? It was just, this is what's done. Um mm-hmm. But now in my own office, like I don't I don't always need it. Like patients aren't always uncomfortable. The pockets are not always that difficult to access. Right. You can do localized topical placement. I use different types of subgingival medicaments for that.
2: But like Mm -hmm. I find it interesting that people are still very much like protocol oriented. Well, let me tell you why I think this is. I think also, too, you have an arsenal of instruments that are appropriate for for the procedure that you're doing right how often do we just use a universal curette right right instead of like okay you've got a, a gorgeous Spe- kit
1: speaking I- speaking of instruments and and armamentarium, um this episode is kindly sponsored by our peeps at he free which well, that was nice it and just, convenient it just conveniently just yeah like, conveniently as we're talking about this <laughs> i'm like well, this is a good place to put this um yeah. which uh, we can talk about that in a minute, but I've I've opted for some new instruments, which I'm I'm not really due for any new instruments, but I'm in love with the new Harmony instruments, which I'm d- not sure if you've tried mm-hmm. them yet. But they've got this amazing uh, new, well balanced, ergonomically focused handle that mm-hmm. I just love. So I I I like most of the time, you know, I order an instrument or two just to try and see if I like it, and then if I do, it ends up being in the rotation, and if I don't, you know, it goes into a an individual pouch? Like, do you've got the individual pouches? Yep. Pops, yes, like, yep, the of course, yes. like the cassettes. Like, the cassettes <laughs> and the kids are like, these are the ones that I love, I'm using all the time. Right. And then these the are individual, my homies. Yeah, the yeah. individual pouches are like, I'm, I
2: may have liked you at one point. Right. Or like you're maybe on the way out and it's time to replace you, you if I'm bored. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't like, have anybody to go with me as a wedding date. <laughs> I'll, I might call you, but you're not in my top five. <laughs>
1: right. Exactly. So so I I had a, a couple of the harmony instruments in the in the like individual pouches because I didn't have enough to put them in the kits. And it was like a, a Russian roulette of whether my kit had the harmony in it or not. So now I realize I need to order and they come in. You know, my some of my favorites like 11, 12, 13, 14, 7, 8, the Nevies, uh, 204s and SD. So, um, I just did like a big, a big instrument haul, which I will share with you all.
2: That's um, cool. But anyway, that's really so, cool. So, I mean, Yeah. Like you're right. Like I do have tons of instruments and they're appropriate for the area that you're scaling. That's the thing. Like, right. I, I don't, I, if you're approaching these deep pockets with, you know, a, a super gingival, Sickle of sorts. Um, And I don't mean to say that we're all doing that. But what I mean is like you have area specifics that you're so focused on. Like the, and it's, it's a curved instrument and it's, it's, you know, certainly designed specifically for the area that you're in. That's where we get less tissue trauma. That's where the patient is more comfortable. That's where you're more efficient. You don't have to deliver as many strokes and all of those things shorten the time, make it more comfortable for the patient, make it more comfortable for you. You know, we, we forget those things, but those are really valuable. And that adds another layer to your clinical decision-making, right? I had someone actually message me that today.
1: Uh, I did like a question and answer series on instrument it was supposed to be a question to answer series about just anything in general, but it turned out to be a lot of instrument stuff because I posted a video yesterday of like, uh, of the first part of a few part series of like what I have in a profi kit. And you'd be surprised that people don't have profi kits. Like I have a profi mm-hmm. kit. I have a standard kit. I have an exam kit. I have an implant kit. I have an SRP kit. I have a mini kit. Um, so I have all of these different kits that I pull out for that appropriate procedure, which, um, I, I, I didn't realize that a lot of people don't have. So someone did ask me like, you know, your favorite instrument for SRP and just couldn't answer that question because I use mm-hmm. so many of them
0: mm-hmm. that
1: it's not like a one size fits all. What am I supposed to say? A 2R, 2L? Great. That's going right. to be great for certain areas. Right. Um, but I work in the millimeters. Therefore, I need instruments that can fit in the millimeters. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So. <clears throat> Anyhow, if Absolutely. you haven't tried out the Harmony instruments, I highly recommend them. They're- Check it. Pretty Check it, our phenomenal. friends at Hugh Freedy. I didn't know that there's a there's a thing called pinch force. Did you know that? No,
2: tell so, me about tell uh, me about pinch force.
1: If you all are, I don't know if you're driving or if you're at wherever you are. If you have a pen, I'm gonna do this activity. You hold okay, hold a pen like you were holding an instrument. So it's kind of like you know, uh, op opposite. Yeah, opposite uh, index finger to thumb with your like middle finger kind of where like the the color band would be on your instrument or the terminal shank. Try and stick your pinky in. Because we're okay, all sleeping, This is my wine tasting pinky.
2: It's my wine tasting pinky. It's with the queen in, <laughs> Bridgerton, in, the- in Bridgerton. Bridgerton. <laughs> By the way, Irene, I'm so glad. Like, I, do you ever like wonder, because you're in Canada, like, I, I, I'm i glad that we learned the same modified pen grasp. I mean, that's like obvious. But, you know, like, do you ever wonder, like, do right, people in France not, not hold some, it this way? I don't they know. They all,
1: everyone holds it this way. We follow the same okay. textbooks, basically. But well, anyways. I, want, I, I don't know. So I feel dumb. Okay. When you, when your index finger and your thumb and Katrina are both doing this on like camera right now. Um, are forcing together that's called mm-hmm. pinch force and oh when you,
2: when you're like basically pinching it, your thumb right. and index finger together <laughs> and then you get that hyperflex back right
1: yeah so that's why we end up having like in dental hygiene school i don't know if you remember like your inst- your instructor coming around and like making yeah. your thumb bend out and your index yeah. finger bend out and that's like why a you modified can't have long C-shape. nails either because your your fingernail would be on the top so that's called Pinch Force. So the new Harmony instrument reduces Pinch Force by 65% because of the way that the instrument is designed, like the handle is designed. Oh, wow. Um, so it kind of looks, yeah, it kind of looks like it's got two little humps, one on the back and one on the front, of course, because your handle is interchangeable. Yeah. So some instruments yeah. are two-sided. They're obviously all two-sided instruments. But anyways, I find that, that really, that's really fascinating. And um, cool. I, I
2: learned yeah, about you- Pinch Force. Mm. I like that. I like that concept because you know I've seen a lot of hygienists posting photos of their fingers where they're getting like a, a like a buildup yeah. of tissue, like from you know pressing too hard. And it's like we we got to take care of ourselves. You so know,
1: I used to get that on the side of my middle finger, so that my middle finger is supposed to be on the color band part. So it's supposed to be kind of like on the top of the instrument, but I was putting it on the side so okay yeah like that so i was getting this indentation right near my metal finger i don't know yeah. if anyone else is getting that if you do and it's kind of like a little callus almost then you're yeah. you're holding your instrument wrong fun oh, fact Fun fact okay. with irene if you have fun this facts. little callus you're holding your <laughs> instrument wrong
2: anywho oh, oh so good i love
1: you muffin i love I hope, you i hope all of is okay
2: Yes, I do too, my sweet lady. I miss her. It's like quiet yeah, here without her. I know, my ma'am. I know. I love her.
1: Well, we have an episode today. Maybe that'll yes. maybe that'll cheer. You should call the veterinarian's office, and you need to get them to play this episode on a speaker. And okay. just put the speaker outside of Olive's crate tonight, so she can hear our voices. So she can voices. hear our, us talking about her and sharing our love for her. But don't put the don't put it inside because I don't want her to chew on the speaker at night. No, I know. because She, she'll eat, she's, she she's... just wants to chew your
2: face off because she's so adorable. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I'm excited for this episode. Who is it this week? Are Irene you? That's a great question. Katrina Reen. All right, Katrina. Here's your here's your song, girl. All right. Let's do it. I have
1: to fast oh forward no. a little for the good part. Hold on. I, I, I got to go a little further. Hold on. Here it is.
2: Yes. Woo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
2: So... Is it the cast of Fiddler on the Roof? Did we interview them? Do do you not know what that song is? (laughs) I I do, Irene. And that's where I'm, I'm what I'm trying to do is sound out our, this guest, because I know who this is, but I'm trying to sound out the guests. That song, that
1: that song is called Zorba the Greek. And it's like a very popular Greek song that everyone dances at weddings and and it starts
2: off slow. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, you heard that song like a zillion times. Yeah, I know. And yeah. I love that journey for her.
1: Um, okay, so-, so you don't know Tina Ma- Maverick Gennakis's last name. I just needed to pronounce. And her the last funny name. thing is, she's not actually Greek. She's just married to a Greek guy. But that was the first thing that yeah. I saw. She. So, that's Tina. Was this is Tina's episode awesome? We had such a good time
2: on this yes. episode.
1: She is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She is fabulous. She's a wonderful human being. Um, She's a great friend of mine. She has a cool business. Yes. uh, That unfortunately has been, you know, hit really hard by by COVID, but she's figured out ways to pivot and to rebrand and is working on her plans for 2022 already that's how forward thinking she is so here is the episode with tina maverick uh sponsored by our peeps at Hugh pretty thank you we'll catch you on
2: the flip side on oh, the flippity flip.
1: Welcome back, peeps, to another episode of the Tooth or Their podcast with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Hello, friend. How are you? Hello. Hello. Um, how are you, Irene, Irene? I'm good. I'm living my best life, you know, just doing my thing like a chicken wang. And- yeah. Chicken yeah. sounds really good. I might have chicken tonight. Thank you for the end spell. Like inspo. chicken tonight, like chicken tonight, chicken tonight. Do you guys have shake and bake in the United States of America? Yes, my mom made shake and bake all the time growing up. It was like the Americanized, Canadianized, only Canadianized food she would ever make.
2: That's it. Like, so you didn't do musaka and shake and bake and the so shake and bake. Did you have, you didn't do like hamburger helper growing
1: up? Oh, you, you I do, didn't, I didn't have macaroni and cheese until like you didn't like have like ma- the United States, like the blue
2: top mac and cheese. You didn't have that. Wow. Pop tarts, uh, pop tarts. Yeah. Eggle waffles. Yeah. Eggle waffles. Okay. Shake and bake. Huh. This is like, this is like the nineties just happened. Do you have red vines no, and circus that? peanuts? No. Okay. No. I just listed off all the things that we would eat during a sleepover. Is what I just listed <laughs> I want to over at your house. I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers. Were you? Oh my gosh, all the time. My parents
1: were like, "Yeah, your friends gonna just hang out in the basement and this oh, and that." No, our guest is shaking her head. She she she's wasn't allowed either. We were, we were we were raised from the same cloth. Oh, the same slipper, whatever you want. To call it. <laughs> We have a guest. She's she is patiently awaiting behind the yes. curtain for us to do the magic ta-da reveal.
2: I'm excited. Um have you met our guest before? No, I'm so excited to meet her and learn more about her. This is like, she's got a a super cool
1: business and I'm um, stoked. I want to learn all about like how that all started. So welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast, Madam Tina Mavrinakis. How are you? Thank you. you.
2: Can I say your last name? Can I, can I say your last name really fast? Mavrinakis. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Is it good? Did you like it? Perfect. Okay, good. (laughs) to make sure.
0: Welcome to the podcast. It's We're so, so excited to have you. Tina, how are you today? What is happening? I'm great. I'm great. I'm um, good. I- I feel like I'm getting an inside view to one of my favorite podcasts. Stop super it. Exciting. I'm having a fangirl moment. No, you're not. Really? I totally am. <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> that's I love so that journey cute. for you.
2: Yeah. journey for us too. This is a good journey for us. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I think it's, well,
1: well, I'm like fascinated by you. And I, I mean, oh. full disclosure, Tina and I know each other in real life. And you, there are those friends. There are the friends that you call when you're like, I need to vent and I need to get it all off of my chest. Mm -hmm. And that's you, uh, Katrina. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I was going
1: to say that's that's you for me. (laughs) That's you, (laughs) you, Katrina. And then there's the friend that you call after you vented and you're like, let's break apart. This as a business. Yeah. And then that's Tina. So I go, I I go through the, the, the the first Katrina, then the Tina. Yes.
2: Yes. I like it.
1: Yes. So (laughs) Tina is a badass businesswoman and she's got a really cool business called the smile room uh, one of her many businesses and she okay. recently won uh tell us about your recent uh, uh top 40 of teledentistry i wish it was top
0: 40 under 40 what was the what was the title it was the top 40 teledentistry people i Peeps. would say uh, yeah.
1: And I think that's really cool because you've that's taken awesome. your business from what it, it was to where
2: you are today. So let's, let's do the way back. Let's do the like thing. Halloween. Let's do the way back. Like when you were yeah. eating toaster strudel and Eggo waffles and not having <laughs> yeah. sleepovers. Tell, tell me about the time your mom didn't let you go
1: to
0: that. Sleepover. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was much like, I mean, not allowed to have sleepovers, not allowed to go to sleepovers. Um, and anytime I complained about it, my mom would say, that's fine. We'll talk about it when you're older and mm. you'll know why. When you have your your own kids and my kids <laughs> to this day don't go to sleepovers or oh sleepovers. I know I know
1: Where, where'd you grow up like what what I know you live in Toronto now but I know you haven't always lived in Toronto and I have tell not me, tell me your like
0: elementary school high school life what was that like so I was born in Iran um, moved to the UK at a young age um, and grew up in the UK moved to Canada at age 15 what was it like yeah. growing up in Iran Um, I was very little when I left Iran. So I don't, I mean, it was awesome from what I remember. It was lots of family and parties and foods. So Ah. um, I don't really have any sort of an adult memory Mm. of being in Iran. So And then um, the UK? Then the UK, UK. yeah. And then here when I was 15. um, So I went through high school uh, in Toronto and... From then on. So Toronto's really home because this is where I feel like I grew up and this is where all my memories are and everything. So Toronto's home. I kind of stumbled into dentistry along the way. Um, it was never something, mind you, I've I've since found a painting from when I was seven where you had to draw what you wanted to be when you grew up. And I had drawn a dentist. So my mom found it in something and Aww, she gave it to cute. me, which I it's quite funny, but you. Um, it is. But how did I you stumble, high, s- tell, tell
1: me more about your stumbling. Like, how did you stumble? In What does that mean?
0: So when I was in high school, I was um, really good at the maths and sciences. And um, I really fancied myself being an artist and doing fine arts, but I sucked at it. So so that was sort of just mm. where my personality Lies still to this day, and um, so when it came time to picking university programs and whatnot, it was kind of like, oh, uh, I guess I, I'll sign up for a bachelor of science or arts, and go from there. But there wasn't anything inspiring. I didn't really have this vision of what I wanted to be and what I wanted to. You know, I, I kept annoying my parents by talking about how I wanted to go to art school and <laughs> become an artist. And
1: But it's interesting because, I mean, fast forward, you're a restorative hygienist mm-hmm. and, and restorative dentistry is artistry. That well, is exactly. artistry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. It's harder so- than, than painting a picture. It's doing something in 3D, which is kind of cool.
2: Yeah. You can't be like abstract yeah. with a gum. No. 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 <laughs>
1: Can you imagine? I guess you She's could. But...
2: Every. <laughs> Everyone's just like tattooed. <laughs> Lover girl, it says, like
0: right in my new <laughs> right here. <laughs> so I remember being at a dental hygiene appointment somewhere along the line. And I had the coolest hygienist growing up. And she was always What's telling her us name? about Irene. her. Her name was Lena and I'm still friends with her, which is no way. amazing. Yeah, Lena shouts to Lena, snaps what? to Lena. Lena. Yeah. I Lena from know. Toronto. If you're listening Lena to from this, from Toronto. Um, and she, she always had stories of her travels and she traveled all over the world. So every time you went, she had pictures and stories. And, and I remember sitting there going, this is the life. I should be a dental hygienist. <laughs> because, and, and my 18 year old, brain, I was like, I'm going to work part-time, make enough money to live and travel. Amen. That's from your mouth to the universe's ears. That's what we're going to (laughs) do. We're going to start a revolution. Let's do it. (laughs) Cool. So then I started looking into Okay, how did, how do you become a hygienist because I've never ever thought about it. Um at that time you had to be a dental assistant before you could apply for dental hygiene school. So I applied for dental assisting school. Mm-hmm. Uh started you went to George, did you go to I went Brown? to George Brown. Yes.
1: George Brown is the same school that I've applied to for restorative. It. So it's
0: oh, full circle. I like cool. it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I started there, they have the restorative program there. Yeah. So they make the assistants work with the restorative um, students. And that's when my love of dentistry was born because it was like, wow, they're doing what? Mm-hmm. And I they're started making faith teeth with plastic whoa (laughs) holy molar man (laughs) and carving these amalgams oh my god you're using little knives that spin man (laughs) cool Holy
2: guys, check this out! It shoots out water. Wow! Why do you sound like a <laughs> nine-year-old who lives in California? That's like that's what I envisioned. Really? Tina was like
1: when she that's was like vision? eighteen at the okay. dentist. Oh, okay. Oh, I hear her like this woman's telling her about her travels, <laughs> and all of a sudden Tina's like, "Wow, look at that tool! It shoots out water.
2: Wow! I want to be like you when I grow up." Is that accurate? Is that how you were, Tina? Pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. Well, Irene's pretty on point with a lot of that. I just wanted to make sure
0: <laughs> yeah that, that's when you get the full-on geek out of me yep,
2: is talking about
0: anything dentistry yeah. and I'm just like wow <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's cool so okay dental, so hi- then I dental became, hygiene happened exactly so and I became the pest in the um ears of the controllers of restorative program from that day it was kind of like I want to do this program I want to do this program um, so went through hygiene applied well applied over and over and over again daily to the restorative program so how how hard was it to
1: get into restorative when you applied so restorative hygiene for you peeps listening in america is kind of like a dental therapist or an expanded functions dental assistant can do restorative work Um, so it's basically you can do everything the doc can do except prep a tooth are there any other limitations to what a restorative hygienist can do
0: well and in Ontario practice. you can't give local you can't give local. um yeah in Alberta I do right, right. um Doesn't but that's matter. about it I mean so, you don't do endos for <laughs> extractions or right right um, Is it as far hard as restorative
1: goes to get in or was it hard to
0: get in at the time I honestly don't know I was such a pain in their behind that I you you've technically had to work for a year as a dental hygienist before you could apply but I finished school in June and started restorative in August so yeah, yeah. it's never been super easy to get in though they only take at most 17 students a year and they get hundreds of applicants don't they yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 yeah
1: well yeah now it's two years now you have to be practicing for two years before oh, yeah. you can before you can even get accepted. Hmm. so right. okay so when did you decide to start your business? And I think people don't know what her business is. It's kind of cool. You, you run a mobile dental hygiene practice, but right. you it's not like, you know, you don't go to someone's house or in, in your basement or in a van or a car, you go into like huge corporations. Like you go right. into like the biggest law firms in Toronto and you rent out or they provide you with a they boardroom and right. they fill your schedule with people and you've had some like crazy contracts with mm-hmm. like massive companies like I don't know, Google or like what what I mean.
0: Yeah. How so did that
1: come up in your brain? And how did you end up in like Google's room? scaling the teeth of their Canadian CEOs like how did that the Googlers the Googlers the Googlers (laughs) how did you go from like cool man it shoots out water to like hey CFO of Google would you like mint
0: or cherry like how did did that happen like so fast forward a bunch of years um I did a lot of dentistry in corporate settings set up a whole bunch of dental practices and all that and traveled across Canada doing that Um, About three years ago, I decided I wanted to stop for all sorts of personal reasons. And um, my mom was diagnosed with dementia, which was the main reason. And I wanted to be home and I wanted to be close. Um, So I said, "Okay, I'm retiring. So I announced that three years ago, I was about to retire. And that took about, I don't know, five weeks (laughs) before I was like, "Ah, I can't. So this whole... Not necessarily the full idea, but the idea of doing something outside the dental office has been brewing for a while. Um, And I was having a conversation with my brother at some point, and he mentioned that he had gotten a massage therapy treatment at his office that day. And I thought, oh, interesting. (laughs) And I'd heard that before, and I knew that was a thing. So I started asking him about it and I said, well, how does she do this? Do you guys set a time? Is it one person? Is it whatever? So he told me about how she does it as best as he knew. And I started looking into the logistics of what does a mobile dental practice look like? Because what I remember is from the you know, like spring clinic we go to and they have the army people with the mobile clinics. Mm -hmm. That's my vision of what mobile dentistry was. So I started looking into it and it's like, whoa, things have really come a long way. There's really nice equipment that are modern and sleek. And um, so I started talking to different corporations. And how did I get all my contacts? Uh, Mostly through my husband. So (laughs) (laughs) he does... A lot of business in Toronto, and so he knows a lot of people. And I started just picking their brains and saying, "What would your company think of something like this?" Mm -hmm. And so slowly, I started to kind of put everything together. And I thought, "Okay, I'm going to start somewhere." Bought all the equipment. And what did that
1: what did that look like? What was your like initial
0: investment in into that? So the investment is a fraction of what you would invest in a brand new office um, because you don't, your overhead's a lot lower. You don't have rent and leases and um, equipment that's sort of screwed into the floor. Um, As far as staffing goes, you don't really have to have all the staff that's sitting around whether you have a patient or not. Mm -hmm. Um, So Even having a receptionist, I have a remote person who's sitting and works when she needs to and can really do reception for many different locations. It doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be one for each location. Um, Get it a mobile chair. Mm -hmm. So, if
1: you would say like five things that you need to run Mm -hmm. a mobile dental practice,
0: so you need a chair, a chair, you need um, the equipment that runs the dentistry, so Mm -hmm. air driven. Um, air water syringes uh, suction your hand pieces uh, for hygiene your Cavatron units and all that um, then you need an operator's stool and a patient chair and lighting system
1: mm-hmm. um, you use loops though right you use your loops yes. with your light yeah yeah
0: yeah um, and then there's sterilization and reprocessing. So some of the mobile practices that I've looked at actually have their sterilization as part of their mobile equipment. Um, because I had access to dental practices in the city, I was lucky enough to not have to really invest in a big whole sterile system as well. So mm. all of our sterilization happens off-site. So mm. It goes... You know, enough equipment goes to the site to see all the patients of that day. And then everything goes back into the dental office to get reprocessed and sent out for the next day. Um, cool. The options were to have a van that is set up with a stationary chair, and more like a dental operatory. But I honestly kind of, well, first of all, our climate's not really... Hmm. Conducive to that and also it was a little bit creepy I just didn't like the idea of sitting in a van saying come in here love. <laughs> <Get> <laughs> I, have candy. <laughs> I <laughs> have candy <Yeah. laughs> it's
1: too funny. So, okay so so you bought all your equipment you figured mm-hmm. out and and what types of like agreements, do you have to have with these people? Because I feel like you can't just like walk into a law firm and be like, "I'm going to set up shop here." And like, let's especially just not hope, in a law firm. <laughs> hope for the best. Yeah. Like how yeah. how do you how do you even bridge that conversation? Because I'm assuming that one day of providing care for these people mm-hmm. requires like months of communication. It certainly does. It is certainly it does. is it worth it in the end? I mean, does it Absolutely. end up being?
0: Is it okay? Mm. Absolutely. I mean, if if you're, your days have to be a certain way. So, you know, we have a minimum number of patients we have to see for the day for the day to be worthwhile. Um, as far as the agreements and stuff, like you said, there's a lot of discussion and conversation with their HR team and reassuring that there's, there's no added paperwork for them and there's no liability for them. So their biggest mm-hmm. thing is if something happens under our roof, then mm-hmm. who's liable? Not me. So, okay. yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> so we make that quite clear. Um- we give them copies of our professional liability insurances, our business insurance liabilities and all that. Um, and the patients are quite aware that this is something that's being offered to you as a perk and it's not something that you have to do. You don't have to sign up for, you don't have to switch dentists and this now becomes your benefits plan. Um, we've had a couple of smaller companies that don't actually have benefits. And mm. so they've offered their staff um they um subsidize their cleaning, oh, so it kind of becomes yeah. they cover a portion of it kind right of that's cool oh, okay right. that's cool
1: so wait right. so when you say benefits you mean insurance right right like dental insurance and you right. can bill their dental insurance like on the spot like how does yeah.
0: so edi just edi just like you, you would, would like... in cool. a dental office yeah
1: so you bring your own little laptop and you pick up tick away in your software. <laughs> well, all of that
0: actually gets it's done. Like, it's like doctor. one of
1: the TikToks with the
0: girls chewing the gum. <laughs> do you
1: have insurance? You got it. Are you covered for fluoride and polish? What is your recall frequency? That's it. You what got units it. Of
0: scaling do you have per year, Jan? So all of that actually gets done beforehand. Oh, so- cool. They fill out their medical history forms, insurance information, all of that ahead of their appointment. So when they're booking their appointment. Um, So once they're done, just kind of say, bye, see ya. And they walk out. Um, And and if there's a balance or something, then you just have a credit card on file. Oh, Mm.
1: genius.
2: Look at you. That's awesome. Smart, But now I just know you're a genius. So what would you say, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of our listeners that have an interest in something like this, wanting to set up a mobile dental unit, whether it is like a creepy van or like actually going into somebody's, I don't, I don't mean to say that vans are creepy, but um, you know, I, what are some of the challenges that you would say right out the gate that you had to overcome that oftentimes people that want to start this type of a business may see as like a major roadblock that would actually stop them from wanting to continue to proceed on. So what were some of those things that right off the gate, you were like, is this worth it? And then you did it. Obviously now you're glad that you did.
0: Right. So I think the more experience you have in a traditional brick and mortar dental office, the harder time you have kind of switching to this. So I Mm -hmm. initially kind of walked into this with a little bit of an arrogance of, wow, I've done this a million times. Of course I can do it. Mm -hmm. But it's something completely different um, because, you know, you're you're on the road. um, You're not with your coworkers. Your coworkers kind of become the coworkers of that space that you walk into. Mm -hmm. Um, You're now dealing with a lot of non-dental people. Um, whereas in, in dental offices, we are surrounded by dental professionals. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of sort of back and forth discussions about anything that we do. And you always sort of have that, um, with you. Whereas when you walk into a practice, like, or see an office, um, there's no dental people there and you're sort of on your own. And, um, so that's a bit of a challenge, to kind of learning how to be, mm-hmm. um, the discussions ahead of time and setting up the business and the negotiations and setting up the legal forms and all that are very different than setting up a dental practice, uh, which is something that you have to learn along the way. Mm -hmm. I would say equipment is a bit of a challenge too. And honestly, just how to pack it all and make it efficient. And, um, what do I bring with me? Hmm. What do you carry? Backup all your own stuff stuff do like, have? Is it in a suitcase or how do you do it? Um, it's because we pack for the day. It's actually in, in several boxes that oh, okay. get shipped together. So I have a logistics team that literally arrives mm. before the day. They set up the the room that's been given to us and then at the end of the day they come and pack it all up and take it away it's like these um, sort of things like, there, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's mice it's like Cinderella's
2: mice it's they little just kind of yeah. um did you always have that logistics team or is that something that no. like when you started to level up in your okay so this is the thing I right? was like the logistics team. there you go right yes. that's what so people yes. see this and they're like wow like there's no way and it's like well, there's a season for everything you
0: start Wait, did with I give you that pelican idea when I told you about Invisalign You gave me the Pelican idea for shipping stuff between provinces. There we go. Look at you, Irene. You're always Mm. inspiring people. I don't think she ever did that, though.
1: (laughs) Or maybe she did. I don't know. No, but I I mean, the Pelicans are a good idea. I mean, I want to get a Pelican for our podcast equipment. They're just like Mm. genius work, but that's cool.
2: I thought you meant like an actual bird Pelican, which is... (laughs) I, I want to one of those. I want one of those to fly to uh,
1: whatever they have those like big,
2: we're going to. Yeah, those big beaks that can put items in it. Like, I'm going to put like two or three bottles of wine in their like item, just you know, it uh, you and, then, yeah, and then, yeah, and then it just show up and yeah. Yeah, it's got like painful. How you
1: about in. the leveling up part? What was your question about leveling up?
2: Yeah. So, what are some of the things that you did like foundationally that mm. now you've, you've leveled up and, and you're no longer doing those things, but would be good for our audience to know
0: like these are things that you need to be prepared to do on your own when you first start. Right. right. So it's like any startup business. So you wear all of the hats to begin with. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's another challenge if you've been in practice for many years where you're to the point where you're the prima donna restorative hygienist. I don't take x rays or I don't clean the rooms. Um, So when you start your own business, it's kind of like I clean the rooms. I clean the toilets if necessary. I do it all. I'm the delivery guy. I'm the salesperson. I'm the logistics manager. I'm everything there is. And I'm the hygienist and I'm the receptionist. Um, So there's a lot of learning that goes into that. And I'm grateful that I worked. So that part has been really good that I've worked in many dental practices Cause I do know all the different ends. I know how to deal with insurance. I know how to take impressions. I know, you know, how to do the hygiene and et cetera. Um, slowly and, and honestly, to begin with, I wanted to be the one doing it all because yeah. I was setting it all up. So I needed to tweak it. So, you know, I went to one business today and at the end of the day, I would come home exhausted, but I was madly writing notes about things I wanted to change what worked, what didn't work. And then the next day, the game plan had tweaked that much. Um, Hmm. So that part, and that took a good 10 months or so before I thought, okay, so I can now start to, delegate and hire and train. Um, and, and to, before you
2: go on to the delegating and training, mm -hmm. this means, and you were working, you're treating patients and then you're coming home and you're sitting down and saying, I need to change this protocol or this policy manual. So like even late into the night after you're done working, like you, you're not clocking out, you're, you're back on and you're doing these things, right. To, to help build this out. Not that that's, the idea is you build the protocol out the right way, you build the operations the right way, and then this is what sticks, but you have to invest that time up front, right? In order to be able to do that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Um, And there are resources out there that I'm more aware of now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm, I'm part of an organization that's the mobile and organization. And they're really great but they're sort of in their infancy as well. So I'm on their tour. What do they do? So their mission is to um, sort of unify all these islands of mobile dental people. Um, So we had a conference in Florida last year, just before the pandemic. And it was brilliant. It was just amazing. It was all these people doing all these things that you've been doing on your little island. And it's like, oh, my people.
2: It feels but, like you're finally being heard, right? Like all yes. of these challenges that I'm having, like other people are having them, and it gives exactly. you that sense of community, which I can only imagine being so, so independent and isolated the way that you are like you don't you don't really have that collaboration, so that's
0: awesome right, right. so that that's been a great resource, and I've met amazing people through that organization um, but it it is a pretty new concept um but I definitely think it's one that more and more people are demanding. Yeah. Um,
1: I got an interesting stat from the Canadian Dental Hygiene Association mm-hmm. uh, yesterday in kind of like preparation for this. And I think you and I, and there's like a select few, like a handful of people on social mm-hmm. media that like we're not the first, definitely not the last. We just happen to be the loudest Um So they're like, oh, like a dental hygienist can run her own business or dental hygienist Mm. can run her own office. like, wait, Tina probably has, people have asked you like, wait, how do you go into these businesses and clean people's teeth without a dentist? Like, how do you do that? So in Canada, we have just over 29,000 dental hygienists in Canada. We've got 1100 independent dental hygienists, which means they can practice independently like Tina does. And then only 439 ish of them have a storefront dental practice Mm -hmm. in all of our country. And it's crazy because, like, this isn't new. Like, this is in our province, it's been around for over a decade. Like, I remember graduating in 2007 and in 2013, I think, is when independent dental hygiene became a thing between mm. 10 and 13. And I thought like, cool, one day I want to, whoa, man, it shoots out water. I want to open my own practice and shoot out <laughs> water at everyone, um, uh. but it's like, it's, it's an, you say a new concept, but it's like, we feel it's like simple. 10 years of fighting for something mm-hmm. is still mm-hmm. a new concept in comparison yeah. to how far things have come along. And Eleven hundred people in all of Canada—that's
0: so true—are
1: independent dental so true. hygienists, and it's, like you know like how far you've come, like you've—and
0: it's it's funny because it's being a restorative hygienist, I signed up to get my self initiation the day it became mm-hmm. a thing because that's what I do, but never crossed my mind. Why, why would I ever use it? Cause I do restorative all the time, every day. Self-initiation. Tell, tell the people in America
1: that are listening to this, what self-initiation means.
0: So self-initiation basically means you don't need to work under the supervision of a dentist. So mm-hmm. you can start a new patient, um, review their medical history, accept them as a patient and carry on treatment. Um, and it doesn't need to be any dentist involved.
2: Or so what on site what, or on the premise. What do those anyway. credentials look like? Do you have to have like advanced training, and advanced degree? Does somebody have to vet for you? Words of um some of, some support? Of, all of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. You apply years,
1: and it's become yes. a lot more strict now
0: mm-hmm. okay. than it
1: once was.
0: Yeah, I think when I applied, I just had to say that I had been working under the order of a dentist for so many years, um, filled out the form. How did that just sign it? And that yeah. was it. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. That's how it was. That's how it was when I did mine too. Mm-hmm. Now it's different. So are you a peer mentor too? No, I never had time
0: to, I, yeah. yeah, never so signed
1: up to do that. I I'm a peer mentor with our college and for someone to become self-initiated now, they have to have like one of three criterias. You have to have the hours, you have to have the credentials or the experience. And, or if you don't, you can work with a peer mentor, someone who is already um, self-initiated and has like all of the credentials and experience. And you work with that person for six months. And then that person writes a series of reports to our college, which for you Americans, it's like your state board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like gives a final sign off, like saying, I, Irene, now cool. cool. Yeah. Feel <laughs> that. Katrina Sanders would make a fine representation of an independent dental hygienist or, right. or the latter. And they're like, yeah, not quite ready. Still needs some time. Uh, put it back in the oven at 375 for another 15 minutes. Another 15, just another 15, like a little broil on the top okay, to get there. It a you go, crispier. just get a little crispy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how it works now. So they've made it a little bit more strict because, I guess, for good reason, right? Like, look, they look what they did for us. Mm-hmm. Tina. All we had to do was sign a sign of form and look. Honestly, at <laughs> honestly, and they've
0: just thrown the people at us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're like, you can be a self-initiated. Just go for it now. I mean, I think it's great. I think it's great to put. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility, right? Like God forbid something should happen if you don't have the supervision of a dentist around. And, you know, there is that, it's a one in a million chance, the cardiac arrest. It's like a one in a million chance that something will happen to someone when they're not in your practice. But but what I always
0: think about that is even when you work in a dental practice under the dentist's supervision, at the end of the day, you're responsible for that patient and your actions around them. So I think a lot of hygienists sort of hold on to that as a security blanket that's not really there. Um, so I think the idea gets people nervous, but at the end of the day, you're still responsible for that patient. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. You know,
2: it's, it's interesting that you bring that up about responsibility. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I know we we talk a lot on this show about the differences between how hygiene is seen in Canada and how hygiene is seen here in the United States and even across different states. Um, So I was the first cohort at the University of Minnesota that did the restorative functions piece. So that would kind of be similar to like being a restorative hygienist. Mm -hmm. And at the time, we had a lot of pushback from dental faculty. So the hygiene faculty that were teaching this this you know, uh, topic and, and doing all the curriculum on it. Um, they were even getting bullied by the dental faculty. And this is kind of an ironic thing. Um, the solution at the university of Minnesota was they had a, a blind, um, competency where they had fourth year dental students and third year hygiene students performed the same competency where we did amalgams, glass ionomers, stainless steel crowns. Oh, don't components. you know the hygiene? Oh yeah, for don't, men you know, don't you know? know. We just oh, know. went ahead and just go ahead and did no. that, is what we did. <laughs> and they had, but the, the people, the adjudicators were dental faculty. And of course they were blind, they didn't know whose was a dental student and hygiene student. As, as Irene, of course, you know, found out. Uh, the hygiene students scored far better on the entire I rubric of like it. anatomy, integrity, amalgam polishing. Like, who doesn't love polishing amalgam? Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we were ranked much higher. And they were kind of using that as, as a leverage to help the dental faculty understand, like we are skilled in this. We take dental anatomy in many cases across the United States, dental hygiene students sit in the same classroom as the dental students and take the same perio concepts, oh, wow. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, why is it that they can diagnose? Why can they do these things? And we can't. And can. So he, unfortunately, and I don't mean to say it's across the board, because there are plenty of doctors that really believe in hygiene and believe that we have the skills and the talent to do these things. Mm -hmm. But that's a huge barrier here in the United States where dental dentists um, don't believe that we have the skills or the training to do it or don't think that we can do it well enough. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you run into in your
0: line of work? Do you do you get a lot of that pushback? We do run into that. So if, mm. even from patients, so um, part of my job in, in the corporate world was to mentor restorative hygienists and dentists and sort of teach them how to work together because Again, it's not a very highly utilized uh, specialty, yeah. sadly. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I found pretty early on was I would match a gray-haired dentist with a really young restorative mm. hygienist, or mm. vice versa, because the patients were kind of like, "What is going it? <laughs> on here? Right. So if they feel like there's someone, at the end of the day, someone's taking on ownership and has some seniority and kind of knows what they're doing they're a lot more comfortable with it and then they get over it and they realize okay well i'm in good hands things are going well um but because again it's it's a new thing most people haven't had a restorative dental hygienist work on them so depending on how you introduce it to them you could even get pushback from patients
2: oh yeah Oh yeah, right. absolutely. And you're right. I, I think what it is, is it's us rebranding what hygiene looks like, right? Yes. Like, and I think that's been the issue for a long time is like, we've been seen as tooth polishers. Yes. We've been seen as like, you know, I, I always say like, what, what do people say to you when you tell them I'm a dental hygienist? Because for me, it's like, people immediately are like, oh, I floss every day or like, whatever, you know, like, that's what they say yes. to me. And it's like, first of all, like, I don't care. I just met you. We're having sushi. Like, this is weird. Like, I am tell you about your like flossing habits, but also like, that's what you think Think of, You know, I mean, and we need to get out of that mentality as hygienists, right? Like we're not tooth polishers. We, you know, we know that we have this really impactful role just because that's how society sees us doesn't mean that that's how we are. And it's, it really is. It's pioneers like you that are, you know, leading that charge and rebranding what we look like, which is amazing. (laughs) But really it is. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I agree. I think the thing about it is it takes like I think about I to this day I have um you, you ever have those memories that just like lock in like you can see exactly where you were like you know the clothing that person was wearing you yeah, know the smells you, the sights, you it sounds like you stealing tickets at
1: conf <laughs> with <laughs> your <laughs> neck to high thing and your hair in a bun Next
2: I I, I did first of all was one piece that had like this a uh, high oh. neck thing. I did not steal those. She gave them to me because I told her I didn't get any at Let's the beginning. Not- I'm just, I'm just, I'm corroborating your, you're corroborating thing. my yes, story that there's, Okay, I remember moments. Like I'm that, sad that, that that's one of, of your memories, by the way, rent I'm free <laughs> in my mind. I'm so sad Forever. for you. That's, that's one of your memories. Although it was one of my proudest that moments. I will say it was one of my proudest moments. You on the RDH under one roof stage, <laughs> but at any rate, like I can, I can picture what it mm-hmm. looks like when my dental hygiene faculty, we were in this clinic and we all had those type of dots that had the, the, the prep drilled out, you know, and we were like in there, like do, 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 just like working and the dental faculty would walk by and they would mutter things to the dental hygiene faculty. And I, I, I mean, to this day, I picture that and it's like, but they stood up they were unwavering, you know, and they were like, there are ways that we can show you that what we're doing is impactful. And you think about this, I I don't know what that fear is. I don't know, I I have a suspicion that that fear is about- of being replaced. Exactly, it's not an abundance mindset, it's a scarcity mindset of- Now they're going to take this over. And it's like, well, first of all, then what we did is we showed you we can do it better. So, oh, no, that wasn't maybe Oops. the best move for us to make. But the reality is that we see time and again, the number one chronic childhood disease, at least across the United States, caries. is dental caries. Five times more prevalent than asthma. I think the the statistic now is like upwards of 95% of people that are into adulthood have minimum one curious lesion in their mouth. Like there's decay out there. It's an extremely prevalent disease. Every hour in the hour, one person dies from oral cancer. You know, one in two adults across the United States have perio. Like, why are we freaking out about giving trained professionals the opportunity to treat the disease that's living in our community? Right? There are, like, enough, there are enough teeth to go around. There's plenty
0: of disease to go yeah. around. You there's know? enough neglected people. So let's, right. let's all looked after. And then we can argue who can have them. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenge
2: is, and this is maybe it's one of those things where it's like, are we sweeping this under the rug versus mm-hmm. just coming out and saying it or sharing this? I think the issue is that right, wrong, or indifferent, whoever has the skills to do it, hygienists are masters at connecting with patients. Yes. Right. Yes. And when the doctor comes in and doctor diagnoses in their acronym talk, all of these different treatment plan items that need to be done. And then doctor gets up, takes off their gloves and leaves the room. What does the patient do? They turn to yes, us. So what did they just say? I don't that? understand. Do I, do I need that treatment? Yeah. Wait. Right. What? Exactly. The because they water. And that's exactly right. No, they, I, but they do ask Irene, don't they ask you yeah, like, they do, do they I really do. need that treatment? Yeah, they so do. they're, they're looking to us as that guide. And now we get to be an even stronger part of that implementation phase for our patients. Like that's amazing. And I think that's another layer to these fears is not just, we're taking this away. It's, mm-hmm. we're going to do it better. And you know what, I think somebody needs to start doing it better in dentistry. Don't you like people are afraid to go to the dentist. They don't like what we do where we think we're delightful people, but like patients are afraid of us. They don't like sitting in our chairs. They don't like the sound of the drill. They don't like the smell of fluoride in an office. They don't like the needle. Like they don't like those things. And we're trying to make it better for the community. So,
0: so that's one of the where things we serve that, it? yeah, exactly. I mean, that's one of the big drivers behind the smile room was that you know, I you always sort of think people who avoid the dentists has to do mostly with finances or access to care and whatnot. When I went into these corporate offices and saw all these fancy lawyers with great plans and or insurance plans and lots of money and none of that um, as far as finances and whatnot, it's kind of like, that's exactly what you said. They don't like the smell of the dental office. They don't like the inconvenience of getting to the dental office. Mm-hmm. So there's there's many obstacles in the way that we can easily remove yeah. to give people that access to care. Mm-hmm. And it's not the ones that we've traditionally thought were the main reasons. I mean, finances has always been the big thing that I think people can't come to the dentist because dentistry is expensive. Mm-hmm. But that's not really the only thing keeping people back. If you look at like what we spend money on, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. dentistry is not that expensive in exactly. comparison to the things that we spend money on regular, like our cell phones, mm-hmm. like my cell phone plan. And I know this because I want to get a new phone. My cell phone plan is a hundred dollars a month. Mm hmm. And my phone is like a part of whatever the payment to my phone. It's a hundred dollars a month that I spend on my cell phone
0: Mm -hmm. to get your
1: hair dyed.
0: Like Mm -hmm. how much does
1: that cost? Me as a blonde going in every eight weeks or whatever it is, it's like a few hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. You buy a sweater. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I bought a Patagonia sweater because I liked the color. It was like $200. But then when you tell someone like, you need to come in every three months, once a quarter, like basically mm-hmm. when you get an oil change, you got to get your yeah. teeth cleaned. Yep. And it's mm-hmm. going to be kind of the same cost as like two months of your cell phone bill. Right. They're like, oh, no, no, that's just too much money. Like, it's not, no. That's
0: not so I don't have an insurance for that. Right. Mm. And
1: it's like insurance has become this like must yeah. have thing where really right. it's just a form of payment. And honestly, it's in lieu of your salary. Like if you mm. were to go to your boss and say, I don't want you to give me insurance anymore... Your your employer's got to pay for that. It comes out of your pocket in the end because you're getting paid less per hour or per salary or per month because of this thing. mm -hmm. I just find it weird how we, like, when did that happen? Like, when did we program people? Because it must have been us. Like, it must have been someone that did it
0: I think separating the mouth from the rest of the body has a big thing to do with it. And the message really needs to go out there strongly. And I think one of the silver linings that's going to come out of this pandemic is that yeah. it's connecting the mouth to the rest of the body. I mean, it, we really need to get medical and dental back mm-hmm. together because I think that that's what it is. Dentistry has become this sort of fancy thing you do if you can afford it, or if you have mm-hmm. dental insurance. mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, if you needed your appendix out, you wouldn't say, Well, no, I can't afford that right now. Mm -hmm. But in in America they do. I mean,
1: there are people in the United States that are going into poverty and like dying Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of the health, like the burden of cardiovascular disease alone is huge. Like Mm -hmm. I think 1.2 1.2 billion dollars a year gets lost in like a fraction of the country just based on cardiovascular yeah. disease so mm. how like is it worse in Canada than it is in the U.S. because here we have universal health care for medical so do you think that people are like well my rest of my body is covered so why is my mouth not covered
0: yeah I, mm. I, it probably does and I, I would say I think you're also right right I mean in that we are guilty of some of it too because Mm -hmm. you know if if someone comes to you and says i have an infection in my eye and pus is oozing every time i touch it you don't think well you know try and keep it clean and i'll see you in six months right whereas when their gum is oozing pus we say maybe floss a little deeper i'll see you in six months yeah right so we make it okay it's okay that there's pus oozing out of your gums well (laughs) right yeah.
2: Those and I, I poor, think those I, poor little dying
1: neutrophils. Uh, Can someone think about the little help the PMNs, neutrophils? save the little PMNs? Fill, little Phil's all oh, of yeah. just dying, sacrificing their little tiny lives and going into immediate necrosis. Like, poor
2: Phil. That's what I, I, I can't with you. I can't. Me, you know? She just went on this whole like Sarah McLachlan. Like, can you imagine? Lord just imagine these little tiny cells, angels. and they're
1: all going in there. And they're like, guys, we got you. We're gonna save you. And they're like, oh, the battle is too hard. Quick, send the mast cells. Oh no, wait, it's oh, gonna take four the to six the mast weeks. cells oh, are
0: no. gonna
2: release heparin and histamine <laughs> oh, <God>. and. <laughs> still in the bone marrow no. oh no let's release some cytokines everybody we're releasing <laughs> quick, cytokines quick now the what? Body temperature. okay let's go interleukin one come on over can you can you hike up that hypothalamus please thank you appreciate you i think we need to make we, a movie we, we just did a, a doodly with this soundtrack literally yeah i was just gonna say I we swear. just did a rudimentary <laughs> yes. evaluation of what your immune system goes through when Happen. you have you infection didn't, you
1: didn't see my re-energize course last year on infection on um, immunology for the dental hygienist it was basically just that i'll was send it? you the it? clips it was really funny oh, gosh. i hired so an cute. animator and it was mm. really cute Oh anywho, I um anywho. That's it, it. It takes, I think it's time. It's I think, it's, I think we've done it. I is think we it? did it. I think I think one last uh one last question mm-hmm. for our friend here, Tina, yeah. who um COVID is sucked in your business world. It has. So it has. you because now businesses are closed and you mm-hmm. can't go into these fancy, so you spent half a decade building your business up to the point where you're like, I'm going to hire people. I'm going to go across the country. I'm going to do all of these amazing things. I'm going to ship crates with equipment that I purchased to other right. provinces, to other, um, uh, what's the word? Like other of this other locations within the same company, like, you know, Deloitte or whatever a, right. law, a law firm or an accounting firm has multiple right. locations and they sign a contract and like, yeah, let's do it. We've got 4,000 employees over at this dealership, come on down. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened and it, it, what was that and- week like when all of your appointments of all of these huge companies that you've spent months and months and years planning, Um, started sending emails saying, sorry, we're shut down. Like
0: how, well, I was, I was away. (laughs) I was in the (laughs) Bahamas. Oh, (laughs) that's a good good way to get bad news. When the world ended. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, so I thought, oh, okay. I started to get emails about, well, we're kind of going to be working from home. So, and I was like, okay, fine. And then I started reaching out to the ones that were sort of a week away Saying so, what's your, you know, working oh, yeah. situation? And oh no, no, we're sending all of our staff to, to their homes and whatnot. So went through a few weeks of canceling, months of days, um, which is heartbreaking. Um, and initially, it was sort of like because what uh, as part of what we set up with these companies is we put them on a regular frequency, so so the employees know and they can kind of plan around their due dates. So we'll show up to their offices once every six weeks or eight weeks or whatever the, the agreement is. So we canceled sort of the next appointment in each one of their schedules and said, okay, we'll see you six weeks from then or eight weeks from then. And then a couple of weeks became closer to six weeks. And it was kind of like, Oh, I guess we better cancel those ones. And then it was like, well, we're not really coming back till September. So let's aim for September. And now 11 months later, almost, we're still not back at work. Um, yeah. So a couple of my co-working spaces, there was a period where they were back at work. Um, so we did go back in, but not at full capacity. So the days weren't great, but it, it was good to sort of be, be in there and and be there for the people who wanted to be seen in their workspace because they felt safer as they were there and not having to go into the office. Um, but at some point along the way, it was kind of like, we thought, well, this might be a bit of a long haul. So we, one of the things that I had come up with while away in Florida at the conference was the two other arms <laughs> that I wanted to kind of get into. One was to deliver our services to condominiums, so go to people's homes, and the other was to go um, to offer elder care, so seniors' residences, um, long-term facilities, and whatnot. The elder care was definitely a big no-no because they weren't letting anyone into high our risk, homes. right? Yeah. Um, the condominiums, again, we we've, we've managed to get into a couple of them. But between all the lockdowns, and I know our lockdowns have been a lot more stricter than the United States, um, we're really doing a lot of talking, a lot of talking, and everyone's just kind of like, oh, wow, this is a brilliant idea. We definitely want to do this. But can we revisit this in a month? Yeah. Yeah. But what you're doing no. is you're building, you know, <laughs> like we talked you. about, there's a season for everything.
2: This yes. is your building season yes. and building is, is hard. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, stacking up your acorns for the fall, um, you know, and getting ready, but setting yourself up for success.
1: Oh, yes. stacking and- up your acorns this is just oh. envision Tina, like a
2: little squirrel. You just got them, just them gathering all. Like, all no. <laughs> With, I've got With, them her, with her kids. Exciting. She like takes her kids outside. They're like, okay, kids, let's gather our This is an acorn. To get. her to make are sure so you bury cute.
1: it. Her sons are adorable. And then her aww. husband's at the door with the basket. And she's throwing acorns at him. This is I aww. love this visual love for us. It's so great. it is we need it is a visual.
0: so many cartoons
1: drawn up here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> gonna... Well, you've done it gracefully. And, and you've done it with uh, a strategy. And I'm sure behind the scenes, you. you've had a few crime in your bathroom. But I mean, yes. you, you have had enough experience in business to know that often these things happen and they happen when you least expect them and they happen when you're doing your greatest work. But I think, you know, you've done it well and you've you. definitely motivated me in moments where i wanted to shave my oh. head and reminded
2: me that, um, there were a lot of times that Irene wanted to shave her head, by the way. Oh, I did. We've been talking her oh, her. She's off such a beautiful
0: lose. head of hair. I, I know we've, I've
2: like, been little talking little that little. razor out of her hands for like over <laughs> a year and a half now. It's Literally been pretty close. intense. Yeah. You, it's been a lot. You, one thing that
1: I've taken away from the things that you've said to me is that, um, it's the moment right after the biggest failure of your life, that the greatest things happen. Mm. And, um, it's true. I mean, it's the moments that I've wanted to shave my head, and the very next day was like, "Wow, like this is a complete transformation of the day before." It's so, so true. It's so good. You've, so you've been living proof of that. So thank you oh, for your wise words you. and wisdom, and your friendship, oh, and, and for for sharing your, your story with thank everyone. Because I think it's, yeah. I think you know, people need to hear that it's not just your operatory that can provide care to people. Like yeah. you can do hygiene outside of your operatory, and Absolutely. be your own boss and uh, create your own vision and create your own schedule. Like,
2: yeah.
1: um, it's not, it's not as cookie cutter as, as everyone thinks that it has to be.
0: It's mm-hmm. So true. Great.
1: Well, thanks a lot, um, for being here. And, um, I, i don't know if you know, but I think you might know what time Tina.
0: it is. What time yes. is it, Tina? Tina? You know? What time is it? It's tooth or dare time. Oh, yeah, she
1: knows. So at the end of every episode, Katrina and I do a visually impaired version of rock, paper, scissors, and the loser goes up against you. You can decide whether you choose to accept a tooth or a dare, or you can dish out a tooth or a dare um,
0: to
1: to the loser. And in the meantime, while Katrina and I uh, set up for this a uh, lovely visually impaired version of rock, paper, scissors. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Wine Genus, And you can follow Tina on her business page at the underscore smile underscore room. And she's got like her contact and her messages. And her Instagram is really beautiful, BT dubs. It's Thank like you. super adorable and very cute. Um, and uh, yeah, so check those out. Katrina, you ready, girlfriend? Let's do it oh <gasps> tina you're gonna count us
2: in so she doesn't sure. cheat so <laughs> she never cheats i, I never like cheat that. I that, she makes that up you get to see firsthand that i never cheat okay ready you go on shoot uh one yeah rock paper, yes. scissors okay.
0: shoot rock paper scissors shoot
1: oh, oh she killed me she did it, did it, did it. she, she, she did. caught me it's you me girlfriend would you like to accept a tooth or a dare or would you like to dish out a tooth or a dare
0: I'll accept a dare.
1: Oh, whoa! Oh, Tina. feeling brave. Oh man, you're my friend, though. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm counting on. <laughs> okay, a dare. Um, a dare. A dare.
0: Um. Okay. Do you have TikTok? I deleted TikTok. Oh, but it's still there. Okay. So you could download
1: something, shoot the okay. video and send it to me, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so do you know the audio track that says busted, busted? Yes. Okay. So you're going to do a busted TikTok okay. in, your, in your full PPE. Ooh. So you're going to do the, you're going to do the, I think my butt getting big, that part wearing like whatever you wear to work. boom. And then when you drop down to your knees, you're going to bust it with your gown and your cap and your N95 and your face shield and your gloves. Okay. Can you do it? I, I can
0: certainly try <laughs>
1: Woohoo. She accepts. This is so okay. good. Awesome. Okay, peeps. Tune in to, uh, at dare. podcast to watch a stair go down. It's going to be amazing. Gina, Thank be amazing. you. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's so mm, good. Awesome. Love you. Good You're job. wonderful. See you so later. So great. Okay. Bye. Until next time. Peace out, peeps. Cheers. We're back on the flippity flip. What up, girl? From the
2: flippity, f- on layup, the flippity oh my gosh flip, From
1: the flippity. Here we flippity are. Flip, that was our episode with our friend Tina. Um, and she yes. was fabulous. Do uh yeah.
2: isn't she, amazing? she is amazing? Like so much inspo, she I is. feel like you know what yeah. I mean? Totally.
1: Yeah. Um, so I thought it was really cool. I mean, I didn't really know all that it entailed to set up uh like a mobile practice mobile, that goes into yeah. dental
2: business or into businesses like big corporations i thought that was really cool yes and i feel like this is like our theme right now because we did mobile last week mobile this week so it's like there's this whole thing happening um so check it out if you're really interested in mobile dentistry the mobile and teledentistry conference is coming up um the first weekend of march so if you're interested in learning about how tina and hygienists like tina do what they do like check it out. It's gonna be really amazing. Um, but yeah, what what an incredible entrepreneur and what an amazing way to reimagine um how we can help get dentistry to the community in the right way. Totally. She's awesome. Totally, totally, totally great. Yeah. Okay,
1: peeps. Uh, well, that's about gonna do it for today. Thanks again oh, for yeah. tuning in to another episode of the Tooth or Air podcast. Send your love to our friend Olive. And yes. uh, keep the xylitol away from your pets. So the yes. molars of the story. Molars of the like, story. Don't yes. forget to
2: spay and neuter your pets and also yep. keep them away, xylitol, yeah. Yeah. Keep them away from gonna xylitol, apparently. Otherwise, you're going to send them to a and very expensive vet stay for 36 hours. Yeah.
1: And, and also on the self-care side, make sure that you check out the new Harmony instruments yes. from Keep Pretty to help reduce that pinch force. because. Nobody nobody I don't want 65% more pinch force. No. I don't want any pinch force. So I want whatever's yeah. going to make me 65% less pinch forcey. Yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah.
1: All of that stuff is linked below and check, uh, check out my Instagram coming up soon for my uh unboxing of my new Harmony Ooh. instrument
2: haul. That'll be cool. That's going to be great, Irene. Cool. rocket okay, sister.
1: We'll see you on the gram.
2: All on the gram, lamb. Until next time. Peace out peeps. Cheers.
1: Someone's going to go into cardio, cardiovascular, cardiac arrest. I can't speak. <laughs> I just took two of those allergy pills.
2: Oh no! And it's oh no, oh no, oh no no. no. <laughs> I don't actually know what you're talking about, Irene. <laughs> I do that. I
1: can't, I can't. Can you notice the angioedema in my face starting? Is anyone noticing how my face I is did swelling as one. we speak?